I remember I was invited my first time stepping in LA, right? After having a few years of success with Delco Talents, I was invited by this really big agency. There were two older guys, right? Had a lot of success, sold another company before. And they sit there and they're talking with me and they're saying, hey, Gidon, how can you be the founder of Delco Talents at your age um, when you have no experience with selling any other company? And then the second question is, how much money do you make? And then I told him, maybe I shouldn't have told him that. I said, this is the exact reason, right? Why are not even a competitor for us, but we are for you. Just because you're doing it for the money. I right. do it for the passion. And the person that does it for the passion will always win. Always. Welcome to the Founders Journey Podcast. I'm Greg Moran. I'm Peter Dean. We're founders who struggle the same way every other founder does. Our goal is to let founders tell their own stories. The successes and the setbacks the good stuff and the not so good stuff, sharing what it means to go on this entrepreneurial journey. This is part inspiration, part knowledge and learnings from everyday founders to make your journey a bit easier. And welcome back to the Founders Journey podcast here with my co-host, Peter Dean. How's it going, Peter? Good, how are you? Good, good. Before our long-awaited uh, trip up to Montana and go fishing this weekend. Yeah, we're, we're going fly fishing. Hopefully we can catch a fit. I'd make restaurant plans just to, just in case. Our guest today, really pleased to have uh, Gidon Radaville with us. I'm going to let him actually tell the story. Got connected with him recently. Incredibly inspiring entrepreneur, young entrepreneur doing some amazing things around talent representation. So he's he's kind of like, uh, he, Gidon, did you ever watch uh, did you ever watch the show Entourage? You know Entourage, right? You must I've, have. I've heard about it. All right. I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. I've never watched it. All right. Well, I we're just gonna, we're we're just going to refer you to you as the Ari Gold of the uh, okay. YouTube creator community. So when you I see love it, it, you'll uh, you'll understand uh, you'll understand why. I will take it for now. That's right. So uh, Gidon is actually founder of pronounce the name for me. Gidon is it uh, Delka Talents? Yeah, Delka Talents. Indeed. Delka Talents. Right. So I'm going to let uh, so yeah. tell us tell us what Delka does before we get into kind of your journey onto the, uh, onto the podcast today and in founding that business. Wow. How can we describe it? I think we are just a bunch of, uh, people trying to become uh, our absolute best by working in the business side in the new digital marketing industry, which everything is extremely new, right? I think recently the best way I can describe it, uh, the radio converted into TikTok and traditional television converted into YouTube. Right to streaming platforms and YouTube, and we are one of the leading um, agencies in the United States for representation for YouTube creators and social media creators in general. We are working with some of the largest companies and largest creators out there. If you're looking at the top US creators, they are mostly part of Delco Talents. That's basically what we're doing. We're bringing brand awareness to social media creators. Essentially, you are you're repping the talent, right? The the social media talent in the same way that exactly, you know, a, a movie star or a comedian or, a, you know, or anybody else would have their own talent agency. Is that right? Definitely. hundred percent. So for example, Scooter Brown managing uh, Justin Bieber, we don't have Justin Bieber yet, but <laughs> rather than rather than working with one big creator, you know, YouTube kind of changed the industry where you're not, you know, once where you were famous, you were super famous. Look at the Justin Bieber's. That doesn't happen often. And now through YouTube and social media, there are a lot of people that are famous, right? I'm talking about the creators we are managing a few million views per video, but still not at the same level of fame as, as before, right? And I think that's a beautiful 
changed in the environment, right? I don't think super, super fame is extremely healthy, um, but we are having a, I would say 80 to 90 um, big creators, but not big enough, you know, that they get recognized everywhere. And that's the art with YouTube. That's the beauty within it. And that's basically what we're doing. We are managing creators and then helping brands. Yeah. With promoting their product or service through social media, mainly YouTube. What's, you know, what's super fascinating about this, right. Is like, if you look at, I think you had mentioned yesterday, something like there's, you have like a hundred million, a hundred million subscribers or something like that within the, is it, am I getting that number right? Within your. Yeah. So we, within our agency. Yeah. So we are looking, if you're looking at subscribers, we are managing over a hundred million subscribers on YouTube. In the English speaking countries. Does each one have different audiences and kind of unique yeah. audiences? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question, right? So when you look at advertisement, let's say you're a brand, you're sponsoring an ad on television. You have no idea who your audience is, right? And you don't know exactly which, which places you are targeting. And furthermore, it's not the movie star that is promoting your product. You're competing with 20 other ads at the same time. What we are doing is we are targeting countries. Right? So not cities, we are, we are targeting countries with YouTube. So U.S. demographics, U.K. demographics, Australia, et cetera. We can see that, right? Also generate an age range. So we can become quite specific with which audiences to reach to, something you cannot do with traditional television. And think about it. Now you're not watching an ad between you're watching a movie. Now your favorite YouTube creator is promoting the product of yours, right? And that's right. the beauty of marketing, it's telling stories. Every business is telling stories. So it's not interruptive. It's more within exactly. the entertainment. Right. You're exactly. Getting. Yeah. Exactly. You're a young guy. We're not going to say how young because Peter's super old. Like I said yesterday, and he's, he's going to get, he gets really offended easily. So we're not going to, we won't, we won't say how young. Like we figured out yesterday, you're about 20% of the age of Peter, I think. Something like that. <laughs> I'm a multiple <laughs> <laughs> but I wish I can look, I can wish I can look like you at your age. And I mean that the guys are running marathons. I love it. <laughs> Take us back, you know, to, to the, how did you start right. this journey? Right. I mean, where, what, what sort of said, Hey, this is what I yeah. want to do. Um, where, how did it start? Yeah. yeah. So I was about, uh, 18 years old when I moved to my country, Amsterdam, where I was born and raised. And you know, at that time or before people are going to work for the local supermarket, et cetera. Um, and I was, I always got fired within the two weeks, first two weeks, because I just didn't know how to behave and, uh, you're, was always the same thing. By the way, you're, you're in really good company with that. I don't think Peter and I have ever actually <laughs> held a job right. with anybody that with any company that we didn't own right. for more than two weeks. So, so we're with you on that part. Go ahead. I love it. So, yeah. So, you know, mother concerned and a dead kind of traditional, um, told me, you know, you know, um, you need to go your own way. If you're going to study here in your hometown, Amsterdam, you can study for free. Um, we won't pay for your study, but if you really want to learn, you know, from life experience, what you want to do in life, then you need to go your own way. And I can tell you one thing, you don't want to work for a company, at least not you, because you are someone that's always going your own way. And I took that advice and took the advice that I got from the other supermarkets as well, or the companies I've worked for two weeks, never work again for a big company. So I said, okay, and never worked again for a big company. I uh, understood that. And then I, and I quite quickly understood that, you know, um, in your twenties, no one knows what you want to do. And I studied economics and business. And my question was always, do I want to become someone in investment banking? No, I can, that's okay. And I think I realized at this age between 20 and 30, you need to figure yourself out. And I think so many people are 
following their friends, following their parents' advice, following other people, that they end up doing something and then they're 25, 26. They think they are older. They've never done something they really wanted to do. Now they work for a company two to three years, another year, another year. And for me, that I, I had such a wall behind me. I moved to Tel Aviv and it's a tough country with, without speaking the language. And I, I kind of needed to survive in a sense that my friends were going out. And the reason why I went to Tel Aviv is because I already knew that there were a lot of Jewish people really good in business. And I said, I need to learn from them, coming myself as well from a Jewish household. But I understood that, you know, like uh, I, I should take that into my advantage and learn from people, at least children from people that understand business. And then I understood that most students I was studying with were children of and not health made. But I met some really great people, right? I met some people that went there with scholarships, went there with student loans. I took a $40,000 student loan um, and I just couldn't go out, right? So I set up healthy habits, go for a walk in the morning, meditate, learn about psychology. And then basically how I started Delca Talents is was I was not able to work for a company there because you won't earn anything. My previous experience was like, you know, I cannot stick longer for two weeks. I wrote down what I love doing, right? Like I wrote every day down 10, 10 things that I love doing. Passion. If it was going to a coffee shop, drinking a coffee, talking to a girl on the street or on the beach, going for a run, or talking about ideas. And then I came across a YouTuber that was traveling around the world right, on YouTube, just searching for it, traveling around the world, living his life. But I was suffering in class with all people that didn't know what to do. And talking about going to invest in banking after, I became depressed. I never, never forget, one of the teachers told us, this is the best time of your life. Don't forget it. Mm -hmm. Studying is the best time of your life. And when I heard that, I walked away and I said, that's not true. That's not true. That cannot be true. I didn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> I was trying to understand who I was. I was trying to understand myself, right? Not a lot of friends, but the friends that I had were good friends, you know, talk about mindset, et cetera. And yeah, I just understood that I need to do something with my passion and came across the idea of managing YouTube creators, understanding the potential of it. How did that concept arise to you? I mean, there's, there's a world of things you could have gone and done. Like what, right. what was it that, what was it that sort of made you say, that's, that's actually the thing I'm gonna go pursue? Right, because I think YouTubers, in my opinion, back then were the only people that were able to make from their passion, their income. I'm talking about someone drawing art and making money of it again, right? I talk about gamers playing a game called Roblox and making money, right? And now this kid of 17 years old, I met in LA and he paid off his parents' mortgage, right? Where, when they're, you know, going through divorce, 17 years old playing Roblox. I was able to meet people whatever they wanted to do in life, they converted it into their job, right? And I understood that this was the time to create from your hobbies, your income. It was now or never. I don't yet have children. I don't yet have a mortgage. Yeah, I did have a student loan, well, who cares? I, I still lived with five roommates that I didn't like. I still <laughs> was able to get a low amount of sleep. You're still able to eat junk food now and then. So this was the time just to put all my effort into what I love doing. And that was for me, YouTube, because I love the people. I'm a people person. My co-founder is my best friend that I'm that I, best friend that I know since 12. You need to do stuff with people you love because it makes it so much easier. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's really amazing. I think listening to you tell that story, right? Because you just referenced a couple of minutes ago, you know, suddenly you find yourself at 27, 28, 29 years old. And I'll tell you, it, you know, it's 
what you actually see, I think with, with a little bit more age is you actually see people that are 50 and 55 and 60 years old, still in exactly that same situation, right. That have, that have never really pursued that thing that really, you know, gave them that they were truly passionate about. I think it's a, there's a, a wisdom there that is way beyond, you know, your, Mm -hmm. your years, which is, uh, which is really Mm -hmm. fantastic to hear. I think, uh, the biggest freedom that gave me, and it really is the kind of, um, engine that drives me is that I understood that whatever you have in life, you don't own anything. Right. And I understood that at a young age, my best friend's dad used to work for a company 25 years thinking that he was stable. And then suddenly he got a new manager and was fired. You don't own anything in life. Nothing is forever. Right. I don't own a car because I love traveling. I don't own anything. Yeah. I invest in real estate and I have my business, but it's tomorrow, right? Something changes in the industry. I will do it again because I don't define myself with the business I have. I do define myself with the people that are surrounded by me and that's it. You know, if, if I have to do it again, I will do it again. I will find the passion again because I've done it once and I will do twice and three times. And I think that's really what motivates me. That's something we talk about a lot, this confidence level that you get when you do it. And then you realize I can earn for myself and it's a free, it's a freeing feeling because you're like, whatever happens, I know I'm going to figure it out again because I have the past. Right. I've done it all along since now. So I'll do it, you know, and that's, and that's lonely sometimes, right? Yep. I know a lot of my friends, they, you know, they fall in love after girlfriend, which is great. And I think, you know, for everything, happiness and happiness should be the goal. Right. And I think you can only achieve that when you have the goal and you're walking the journey and, and the goal can change, but you're still walking the journey. And that's how I see it. And I think also because I've done this so, so long alone by myself, of course, then after a while with my, with my best buddy, but still, you know, you're still on your own out there. I think that makes you, first of all, really hungry, right? Because if you put that emptiness, of course, you have a little bit of emptiness. Everyone has that. You fill that with, with engine or with, with fuel for, for your passion, then that, that becomes beautiful. And all the rest, the girlfriend, the traveling becomes a plus. Absolutely. It sounds like in a lot of ways, what made you gravitate to that YouTube c- creator community is because they were you, right? I mean, these are, these are a lot, in a lot of ways, these are your, these are you, this is like your tribe, right? Like, I mean, these, because what, what would get somebody into, like, they're making their own way, right? And you said what really drew you in is they're out, they're traveling the world, they're kind of doing their own thing, which is exactly what, what drove you into it. You just took a little bit different angle on it, right? Definitely. I think we work with a lot of different type of creators. You know, if you work with some of the largest creators in the United States, you have travel creators, you have lock channels. You know, I used to manage the Thomas Petrus from the Hype House. It has a Netflix show, but all of them have one thing in common. And that's true. That's that confidence um, from a young age to do something different in a unique way. You know, YouTube at that time was tough. You know, it takes, it takes a long time to do something what you love. And yeah, I found it in YouTube, but I will tell you the truth. If it was not YouTube, would be have been something else. Um, but I love the part that you can become your own, you know, um, producer, the main actor in your movie, your own script writer, your own audio guy, and you all do it yourself. And, and that's what I learned in life. Never be dependent on anyone else. Never. Right. Even you guys as co-founders or, you know, co-hosts, you know, you always need to have that intrinsic motivation from yourself because otherwise, you know. There is no, there is no balance. And it's the same with my co-founder. I cannot tell him every day what to do. 
it needs to come from himself. Yep. And, and that's what a partner is, you know, you accept the person and you give your absolute best. So, yeah. I'm going to ask Greg a question. So he just described the leadership in a, in a way that's is a very powerful way of leading. Like you obviously know a lot about this, Greg. What do you think about his style of leadership that he just described? It's like the most innate form of leadership there is, right? You know, the ability to kind of let people be who they are, you know, appreciate what they, their innate talent, and then letting them go, go explore that talent, right? You know, it's the old adage of like, you know, you manage, you manage process, you, you lead people. And that gets really confused an awful lot where there's a whole lot of time spent trying to manage people and change behavior right. and, and make somebody right. into something exactly. that they're not. And it just yeah. creates misery all around, right? I, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that's the success of Delco Talents. Um, it's the people we hired. If you look at competitors, we are talking about 50 to 100 people. We have 15 people. Because all of those people I met while traveling abroad, did you to know with events, people that wanted it, people that wanted to work with their laptop by themselves, people that could have motivated themselves. I cannot force someone to go travel the world and apply for jobs there. But when I'm, I put myself into environments where I do meet those people, and I, I think you cannot change anyone. I, I think you can just motivate people that have it already within them, right? Yeah. And that's what I try to do. That's all I want. And by the way, the people that work with us, they come straight fresh out of college where they don't have that mindset yet of working from nine to five, me telling them what to do. Now, everyone within Delco tennis needs to come with their own value, right? Because otherwise I'm not growing. And I think that's a great thing. If you look at everyone in our company, um, Quite a young age, but it's not the age that's important. It's that they start fresh from college with no experience on you do this, you do that. This is your paid salary every single month. No, you start with an internship. Prove it that you want it because it's a unique job, right? It is. Create it, right? It is. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's such a, it's just such a fresh, you know, way of going about this, right? Especially the industry you're in. It just makes so much sense. I mean, it's it's such a highly desirable thing. And I love I love the point you're making about like th this is the biggest thing I advocate to my kids, to anybody who will listen, the point about traveling, right? I mean, you have built this business by basically traveling the world, meeting a random collection of people, whether they're your interns or your current staff or your, you know, your community, you know, your your creator community. I mean, that that to me is, I mean, is just such a such a fresh view on what's um what's actually possible, right? And it's just all the limiters that people start to put on them. That's why, that's why I just you know, love the story. When we got to know you a little bit yesterday, it's just, it's such a, I think this is just such an inspiring story for people at any age, right? You don't, you don't have to be in your twenties to go do this. I mean, you can be in your thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies to go do this, right? It's available to you if you actually allow yourself to do it. Definitely. And I think, uh, yeah, one, one thing which is really important for me to say, of course, the confidence and that motivation comes also from experience. Look, when I first started and I went to China, Hong Kong, knocking on doors to find clients and people would look at me, literally open my LinkedIn and see who is the manager at this company, influencer, marketing manager, whatever it is. And then they look at you and you're like, what are you doing? You know, it's, 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 it's hard. Okay, it's wait, hard we, got to to know we got to pause you right. because you get to go into this story right. for a second. <laughs> so, right. Okay. Gotcha. So... He, so you're a Dutch guy. You now live, in, well, yeah. you're in, you moved to Tel Aviv. I think you're in Madrid at the moment, but so you're kind of all right over now. the place, oh, but you are definitely. definitively not Chinese. 
Like we can confirm. <laughs> I think I can confirm that as well. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, and yeah. there's actually not a whole lot of similarity between, you know, traditional Chinese right. or Mandarin uh, and Dutch, right? So you, you show up in China, like walk us through, you, you were telling us a story yesterday, you're knocking on doors, literally. Yeah, literally. At first I tried to knock on doors uh, my first year um, doing my study, just finding small companies where I could work as a sales guy. And I just couldn't get it based on my experience. In, in Chinese then, companies, um, you're trying to do this in China. No, no, this was this was still in Tel Aviv. Oh, okay. And then I booked a ticket during my vacation because you know when you're in college, you have three months vacation. Mm -hmm. With the money that I saved from, from from previous sales job, I booked a ticket to Hong Kong to spend there some time, and looked for brands, right? Some of the biggest technology companies and smaller companies that were investing in digital marketing, because I understood that I need to be unique if I try to get US-based content creators, right? And with Asia being the future, which is gone for a long time already, I thought, okay, what if I help Chinese-based companies getting awareness in the U.S. market, right? During that time, a few years later on, finishing school, et cetera, you know, TikTok came up by then. So I was at the right time, the right place. I didn't succeed knocking on doors, but at some point with, you know, LinkedIn messages, emails, follow-up after follow-up, et cetera, we were able to actually get the two of the largest yeah, technology companies in China as main customers, which is Tencent and Biden's, where we're still working with and launching collaborations. So no, it didn't pay off knocking on doors and suffering over there, but it did pay off later on with understanding how to reach out to the right people at the right time. Yeah, you, you learn a lot, you know, it's not an easy, uh, easy journey, but I think that's okay. I think you shouldn't be afraid to suffer a little bit in life, right? Absolutely. Like how can you know yourself if you're not going through that? And I come from a great family, but I still suffered while exploring my life, what I wanted to do, you know, and dealing with anxiety now and then and go, getting over it really quickly and putting that into, you know, motivation and happiness, enjoying the moment. I all had to learn, to learn that by myself. I, I didn't learn that at my economic degree. Can, that's, that's one thing. <laughs> I'm not sure what exactly I learned there, but <laughs> not that either. You could probably do your accounting <laughs> yeah. on your book, books or at least help you write. Uh, that, that's for sure. Right. Yeah. So the interesting thing you said yesterday, then when we talked is you, you didn't, we asked, did you go after like the smaller ones first? And you went right to the biggest targets right out of the gate. Yeah. Again, I believe in if you do it, you do it the right way. Right. I think uh, with everything in life and I understood that if you're a small creator, it's going to be harder to find brand deals. It's going to be harder to find that mentality that you're able to work with long-term partnerships. So I think, you know, if you're a big creator, I have the confidence that I can do it. Let me start with the big creator first and see how it works, right? And with a big creator, there's more awareness, there are more brand opportunities. So I can reach out to more brands and look for more opportunities. And that's how I started. I think there were two different strategies back then for me, getting a hundred small creators or one big creator. I understand that my energy will be a lot more productive if I start with one big creator. And I went from there, but it was, you know, it, it's still hard. It took me about two years that, to get that's the first brand. That's a really so, important lesson yeah. about your time. I'm sure, you know, Greg and I yeah. talked about it. In fact, I think you just posted something yeah. on LinkedIn about that. Like you can chase all of this. Like you, you can spend a lot of time running around or you can be very focused. And, and uh, like that's something that, that yeah. a lot of early founders struggle with. It took you two years to get your first creator? On board? Yeah, it took me two years to get the first brands, right? From knocking on doors in China and, and doing everything the right way. I, I, start, I did a lot of things during those two years, but I would say the first 
thing. I, the Delta tenants, I knew for sure that I will become one of the biggest agencies out there was when I get the first creator, right? The yep. big creator signed to my agency. And that took me around two years, right? Because at that time that I began, brand deals were still new. It's not right now how it's going. Right. right. I, I think my first reach out to kind was, in, was around 2018, 2019, right? And no, Delta Tenants took a little bit longer to really grow, but, but I was enjoying it. I wasn't working full-time on it. Right. right. It takes time. And I think people try to forget that. They want to have success overnight. And it takes time to build something. There's no doubt. I think there's two things you just said that are, that are really important, right? One is exactly that. Just the level of impatience that I think a lot of founders have at, at the really early stage where they expect this overnight success, right? And you look behind these overnight successes and they're years in the making sometimes decades in the making, Definitely. right? It's such an important myth to dispel because there's this sort of artificial measuring stick, right? When people start something, whether it's like SaaS technology like I'm in or marketing like Peter's in or talent representation like you're in, it doesn't matter what the industry is, right? These things take time. Definitely. If your measuring stick is, well, I'm going to be, you know, at X millions and end of this year and I'm going to be at Y millions by it, you, the, your chances of failure are almost 100% at that point. Right. It's it's sort of reframing what is success, I think. And it sounds like the way that you were really framing that was to say, I just need to get my first creator on my first big creator on. I get my first big creator on. I'm in business. Is that kind of the way that you were looking at it? Yeah, definitely. I thought if I get one creator, word of mouth is extremely important in this industry. Right. There are only a few big creators. I think in every industry, there's so many competitors. But if you really look at the people that are Owning it, I would say there are only a few people out there right? because there's so many creators that come and go, right? Especially this generation. It's right now, quick. And that's the main reason why TikTok works, one minute videos, right? But they yep. don't stick for long because literally the algorithm is focused on new creators. Right. So you literally have an expiration date, right? And I think whatever industry you're in, especially my industry where everything is quick, fast, if you don't have a long-term strategy with short-term gains, you're going to lose really quick. Absolutely. The other thing that you had said that I think is just, it's an incredibly important, you know, lesson along those same lines is really how do you go out, you get, you know, you get this first creator, but you set your targets on, I'm going after the high end, right? I'm going after the premium player in my market, right? Which mm -hmm. is the large creator. Very often it's one of those things, right? It's this kind of head trash that people... I guarantee you there are people listening to this right now who said like, I could never, I could never do that, right? That would limit them into, I'm yeah. going to go after a bunch of small fish. You took the exact opposite approach and said, I'm going to go after the top, but you had no experience. You had no track no. record, but you did have the confidence to make the phone call, send the email, you know, talk about that a little bit. That's a really interesting conversation. You know, when you become an expertise in the industry, a little bit of a Dutch accent there, but it's, it's not because you're having so many years of experience. I see that with YouTubers. When they have a million subscribers, suddenly they are the expert. But they did the exact same thing as they did a year ago. But just right. the algorithm, you know, saw it. And it's the same with any industry you're in. What makes you an expert? I did my research before it, right? And before I got that first creator, I understood exactly how it would work, right? Of course, with time and experience, you learn more. But I think what makes you an expert is, is not based on your success necessarily. I've met so many people that are seen unsuccessful, but so much more in expertise than the most founders I've met. 
because I think it really comes with, with doing self and, and confidence, self-awareness. Sometimes you have to say yes before you understand how you're doing it. If you know you can do it, right? And that was my mentality. I, I love, I love that mindset, right? Of like, if more people went through life and I tell, I tell people early and they're oftentimes they get questions about like, you know, just career advice and things like that. And I, and I say that exact same thing all the time. Like, just, just say yes. Like, stop, stop overthinking it. It's if somebody asks you, if you want to pursue this opportunity, just, just say yes. Right. And you may have to go figure out all the shit later, but that's okay. Right. Like that's fine. Yeah, definitely. And with a smile on your face, you know, and if you feel your feeling, you learn from it. I can tell you how many times I've said yes. And I, I did feel, but then you do it again or, or you don't like it enough. You don't. Yeah. I, it's I'll, okay. Yeah, just to support you in that. I'm in a tangential industry, but different. If you have a ton of experience in the past in my industry, it doesn't mean you could be successful today because it's changed so much and you have to be the one that's willing to do the new thing. Sometimes people come to us and they're like, Hey, I don't see any like previous success. You're doing this. I'm like, because no one has done this before, but who better do it than us? Because we're willing to, and we're ready, you know, like, let's go. And so that's that mentality that you started your company with, which is, is correct. And you're, you're right. Like you say, you, if you said someone did YouTube for like 10 years before you, what they would say is probably wrong for what was coming ahead and why you're successful. Even more than that. I remember I was invited my first time stepping in LA, right? After having a few years of success with Delco Talents. I was invited by this really big agency. There were two older guys, right? Had a lot of success, sold another company before. And they sit there and they're talking with me and they're saying, hey, Gidon, how can you be the founder of Delco Tennis at your age um, when you have no experience with selling any other company? And then the second question is, how much money do you make? And then I told them, maybe I shouldn't have told them that. I said, this is the exact reason, right? Why are you not even a competitor for us, but we are for you. Just because you're doing it for the money. I right. do it for the passion. And the person that does it for the passion will always win. Always. Yep. And I walked away from that meeting and I told my co-founder, Tal, I told him, man, we're going to own this role. We're going to own this whole industry. Because if those are our competitors and those are the experts in the industry, then there is no competitor for us because it's a joke. Did you legitimately have competitors at that point? Were there other people out repping uh, were they trying to do YouTube it? creators or right or thinking they were yeah doing it? yeah yeah so definitely a few less years you know management for mr beast you have a management of some really big other creators as well there are yeah. some good agencies out there right and of course you're competing with some of the largest agencies such as uh caa but they will also notice you right and that's the fun part i don't know why they have a few thousand people and then we come so yeah i, I think that's why i really think if you have 15 people with passion you need to be always, those are the most dangerous people in the industry, no matter where, which industry you're in. Yeah. Really. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt about it. Right. That, I think that point is, that point is such a great one. You know, when you look at that founder that has a good strategy, because like, we don't want to discredit what you're doing. I mean, you, you had a rock solid strategy and a very new emerging, you saw a really clear opening, right. For this, for this kind of new you know, this new ecosystem that was forming, but then you went at it with complete passion, mm -hmm. right? That combination Complete. right there is, 
absolutely unstoppable. That's the formula for success, basically. It is absolutely. Yeah. So, so the, the question was like, that's kind of the key, the recipe of success, right? Yeah. I, I think it's a mix of the two, right? I think through passion, you learn. And I had to learn a lot of things. And, you know, now we are really the experts in the industry as well. You know, where I work with a client such as Google, I know exactly what we are doing. Um, but yeah, be, before that, a few years ago, five to 10 years ago, I needed to get advice from other people to dive deeper. And now it's just, you know, based on experience, I can, I can do things quicker and I can share my experience with other people. And I always tell my employees as well, I'm sharing everything with you. And the only reason why you should go away from my company is because you have a bigger opportunity out there. I'm not sure what it is, but it better be bigger, right? And also like you don't own your employees, you don't own your people. You can only get the best for them as well. And uh, that, that has been my mindset uh, with my, my, my co-founder. It's not just business, but everything. Yeah. Whatever you do in life, you become the best version of yourself. Everything, right? I really believe that, you know, even if you don't have the best relationship with your parents, try to be the best son or daughter for them, right? Your relationship with your wife, with your, with your girlfriend, with your best friends. Um, and and that's, that's why I'm doing it for really like the relationship industry, meeting new people that are on their journey, no matter if they're successful in terms of money or not. What a great summary. Cause what you talked about the passion and the, and obviously you have drive that, that that's really clear, but all those things together, plus your outlook on life is really a great way to, to walk through life. You know, we, we talked about it, like you said in the beginning, just to tie it back, you talked about the fact that there's this false veil. Like you work for a company, you think it's all safe, you're good. And then all of a sudden it changes, right? What you talked about really is following your path. And letting that kind of take you and then having faith in yourself. Yeah, definitely. By the way, first of all, I appreciate it, Peter and, uh, and Greg. I'd love to share it here on the podcast as well. You know, there was uh, definitely a match on the podcast as well. And that's why I also want to take this opportunity because there is a lot of growth on the podcast channel. Um, just because of the way you're also handling people that are coming as guests. So yeah, I agree to that. I can, cannot have anything in control in life and people try to have everything in control. I think the less you have in control and the more you go with your gut feeling and a little, little bit of rationality. Yeah. Life is beautiful. You know, there are a lot of bad things. There are a lot of horrible things out there, but it's, it's where you put your energy and time on. And again, always focus on yourself. Everyone has a story. I didn't have the love coming from a rich family. I thought, and then I converted and I'm the happiest guy alive that I don't come from a rich family. Right? So yeah, everything I think you have, Everyone has different skills. Everything is good in different stuff, right? And you need to take what you have into your advantage, what you have in your pockets and put more time and effort in what you know, and just stick with that. You know, the most successful people in life are the people that are focusing on one particular thing, that one thing they're good at. Because you only need to be good in one thing. You see, with YouTube, you're good in playing a game. Great. You're good in, uh, I don't know, making a candle. Great. I work with a big creator that makes rugs. I didn't even know what a rug was before I saw the video. Great. You know, so whatever you do in life, as long as you're enjoying the journey and you do it a little bit with rationality, right? And a little bit of drive should be good. Should be better than good. Yeah. Yeah. How do people follow you, get in touch with you? So normally it's my Instagram, Gidon, uh, G-I-D-O-N underscore R-O. And you can always send me a DM there and yeah, that's it. Great. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you guys so much. Really well, next appreciate time it. they're in the U.S., let us know. We're, we're always. Definitely.
We'll track. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go fishing with you guys. And, yeah. I, and I hope I can get you fish so you don't have to go to a restaurant after. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> we're looking forward to maybe catching a fish. So, yeah, amazing. There, so. I love it. I Absolutely. love it. I haven't done it for a while. I love it. Thank you so much, guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Gidon. Appreciate having you on. Great to have you.